Welcome to the Fantasy Food Truck Podcast with your host Adam McGill. You can follow us on the Twitter at F-A-N-T-A-Z-Y-F-O-O-D-T-R-U-K. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I am Adam McGill and this is the Fantasy Food Truck Podcast. As we talked about in the last podcast, I have went ahead and ranked the top 30 quarterbacks in my eyes. Now, a lot of this can and will change over the next few weeks. Guys like Paxton Lynch or Mark Sanchez will be named starters. Receivers will get hurt. Roles will be defined, and running backs such as Arian Foster will be signed. Injuries happen, but I think the biggest thing to look forward to is roles. Will Marcus Mariota run as much or more than he did last year? Will the Panthers try to utilize guys like Cameron Artis Payne more in their offense and potentially take goal line carries away from their best goal line back in Cam Newton? This is all stuff that hinders the ranking process but also makes it that much more fun. If you follow us on Twitter, as the gentleman said at the top of the show, at Fantasy Food Truck, you can expect to see a lot of retweets. This is where I get all of my info from. And I want to relay all of it to you. Sometimes I'll put my spin on things, and sometimes I like to sit on some news before making a reaction. I really don't like to tweet out rumors or things like mock drafts. I want to know exactly where a player is going before ranking them. Now, having said all that, through this offseason, during OTAs and training camp, we will hear tidbits about certain players like, for example, Wendell Smallwood, and how he is doing or the role that both DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry will have. All of this info compiled together will allow you and I uh, to support our rankings and make informed decisions when it comes to drafting these players. Today's podcast, like all podcasts, will start out with some of the most recent news around the league. We here at the Fantasy Food Truck like to call this Fantasy Food Truck Appetizers. Then... After that, we'll roll into some of my top quarterback rankings uh, and and get into the top 13 or 14 quarterbacks more in depth. My rankings are in the order of how I would personally draft the quarterbacks and maybe not necessarily where I think they will be drafted. Some of these guys I rank lower than other guys but would rather wait for the lower-ranked player because of increased value. As we get closer to the draft, I will have a list of guys that I will not draft and guys that I will target above their projected draft value. Without further ado, welcome to the Fantasy Food Truck Appetizers. So we talked about Arian Foster last week, and my opinion hasn't changed on him. He is allegedly a week or two away from passing a physical and being able to essentially sign with a team. I see Foster waiting until the backfield of a team becomes clear or an injury happens. The Bengals are looking for Tyler Boyd to play some slot this year, and from what the Bengals lost in the offseason, he should be able to see playing time right away. The Bengals lost 140 targets with Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones leaving. This opens up for second-round pick Tyler Boyd to make an impact right away. I think that Terrell Pryor could be the receiver to watch in Cleveland this year. They have guys like Rashard Higgins and first-round pick Corey Coleman, who I think will be excellent. Just pay attention to Pryor and what he does in training camp this year because he could be interesting. Wendell Smallwood is making some noise in Eagles camp. With Darren Sproles not present and Ryan Matthews 
Injury history, Smallwood is another interesting guy. Smallwood can catch the ball and has shown explosiveness. He is a guy to watch, especially once Sproul comes back. Do they reward Smallwood and penalize Sproles by giving Sproles roll to Smallwood? Who knows? That's a tongue twister. I did not rank Mark Sanchez in my top quarterbacks, but I did, however, rank Paxton Lynch. Again, I rank based off who I would draft in what order. I would take Lynch and never even consider Sanchez because I, I don't think Sanchez starts for long, if at all, this year. This thumb injury doesn't help Sanchez's cause for starting. It sounds as if Sanchez is, the, is remaining hopeful to participate in OTAs when they start next week, but no guarantees. I also ranked Sam Bradford and not Carson Wentz. I don't see Wentz starting at all this year unless Bradford gets hurt, which is actually pretty likely. Bradford ran first team this week. Carson Wentz did get in. He threw an interception. Obviously, there's a long way away before the season starts, and Wentz will get plenty of practice, but not the way you want to start your NFL career. It sounds as if Julian Edelman will be ready for training camp. He suffered a foot injury last year and came back for the playoffs, but he was never fully 100%, and you could tell that in the two playoff games he played in. He underwent a second procedure in the offseason that should have him ready to go come training camp. However, this is a foot injury, and we will wait and see or hear if he can go full go uh, before, before making a full decision on where Brady will go. Dante Moncrief had surgery to help with turf toe earlier in the offseason. Again, another foot-related injury that scares me, but it also sounds as if Moncrief should be back well before training camp. Alright guys, so let's get into my, my top 30 ranked quarterbacks for this year. I will go ahead and read the name of the person who I have ranked in, in the current position. And then I will get on in the top, I think it's 13 or 14 guys. Uh, I'll go over why I feel I ranked them that way. First, or, or really at number 30, I went ahead with Jared Goff. Jared Goff, obviously the quarterback, the L.A. Rams selected with the number one overall pick. I'm just not a fan of the Rams. I'm not a fan of Jeff Fisher. We'll see how that goes. Number 29, Alex Smith, Mr. Game Manager for the Kansas City Chiefs. At number 28, I have Sam Bradford. I don't even know if he'll make it through the entire year this year. Number 27, I have Paxton Lynch. Again, a guy we don't know if he's going to start all year, but I believe at some point Lynch will be the starter. Once we find out when he will start, he may move up in this list. He has guys surrounding him like Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Number 26, Teddy Bridgewater. The Vikings went out and drafted Laquan Treadwell in the first round. Along with having Adrian Peterson in your background, Teddy Bridgewater was a guy I was high on last year, and maybe that's why I have him ranked so low this year. Number 25, RG3. I think that RG3 starts off the year starting for this team. I think that Hugh Jackson is, as they say, the quarterback whisperer, and I think RG3 and Terrell Pryor have an amazing connection between the two, and RG3 might actually move up this list. 24, Ryan Tannehill. I was high on Tannehill last year. Luckily, I didn't draft him. 
The Dolphins lost a receiver, uh, but, but they're obviously gaining one back. Their receiving core in Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker makes it interesting for Tannehill, and their backfield is also interesting. But I am still not a fan of, of Tannehill's talents. Number 23, Tyrod Taylor. It always seems as if a rushing quarterback makes his way onto the scene and comes up big. After a year or two, they start to fade away. I feel not only this happens with Tyrod Taylor, but look at Sammy Watkins. The guy cannot stay healthy. Even when he's on the field, he's hurt. It'll be interesting to see when and if Sammy Watkins comes back. Number 22, Brock Osweiler. I'm just not a fan of Osweiler. I mean, the Broncos won a championship last year without having a quarterback at all. And just because Osweiler was a part of Peyton Manning's, I guess you could call it demise, he then got a huge contract from the, from the Texans. I think Osweiler is better this year because of Will Fuller and guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller. But I'm still not drafting Osweiler. Number 21, Matt Stafford. The guy lost Calvin Johnson. Do we need to say any more? Number 20, Joe Flacco. Now, this is an interesting guy, and, and I'm actually interested to see how they use their receivers in training camp and preseason this year. Again, I will say this every single time, Joe Flacco is not elite. However, he can throw the deep ball as good as anybody in this league. And when you give him guys like Prashad Perryman and Mike Wallace, and then you give him a receiver like Steve Smith, it makes for an interesting day or season for a guy like Joe Flacco. Number 19, Jay Cutler. Cutler is getting a guy in Kevin White back. However, Alshon Jeffrey can't stay healthy. Jay Cutler lost his, his probably best target and most reliable target in Matt Forte. And Jeremy Langford is definitely no Matt Forte. That's why Cutler is ranked as low as he is. Number 18, Andy Dalton. Again, Hugh Jackson is, as I believe, as they say, the quarterback whisperer. I think that Hugh Jackson alone made Dalton better. I do not see Dalton repeating what he did in the first half to 75% of last year. Number 17, Tony Romo. This, this is honestly a tough one. Obviously, Romo uh, has a receiver in, in Des Bryant. Romo is a much better fantasy quarterback than he is a real-life quarterback. However, Romo just can't stay healthy. I will cringe every time he drops back, whether he falls on his, on his shoulder or not. I will be nervous. I, I'm concerned about Romo's health this year. And obviously, with the, the Cowboys drafting a quarterback to back him up, it concerns me. Number 16, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's interesting because most of the reasons why the Falcons were bad or lost last year was because of turnovers, because of bad snaps, because of fumbles. Matt Ryan has one of the best running backs out of the backfield catching the ball in the league in Devontae Freeman, and he has arguably one of the best receivers in the league, obviously other than a guy, Antonio Brown. So, why isn't Matt Ryan good? Why isn't he great? Number 15, Jameis Winston. 
I think Jameis Winston continues to grow from his year last year and continues to have success. Number 14, Marcus Mariota. The only reason I put Mariota above Winston is because I think Mariota's offense is better than Winston's. I think that, granted, Mike Evans might be better than DGB, Doriel Green-Beckham, but I think that Doriel Green-Beckham and Kendall Wright and the two running backs that they have in DeMarco Murray, uh, DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, I think that makes for a better all-around offense from Marcus Mariota. And if he continues to get better with running the ball like he, like he did last year, I think Mariota is an interesting pick this year in fantasy. All right, so now these next couple guys, uh, I believe we're on number 13. We will get more in-depth to these guys and, and where, where they finished last year and why I have them ranked where I do. Number 13, Blake Bortles. Bortles came in at the number four quarterback in scoring last year. I love Bortles' weapons and Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, and Julius Thomas. However, I, I feel that the Jaguars' defense will be one of the best defenses in the league this year. With a team going out and getting guys like Tayshawn Gibson, who led the league in interceptions a few years back, Prince of Mukamara, Malik Jackson, obviously getting guys uh, from last year back and Dante Fowler. Mix those guys with the draft picks from this year in Jalen Ramsey and Miles Jack, plus the existing starters from last year. It sounds like this team wants to play good defense and run the ball. That's what scares me most about Bortles. Number 12, Eli Manning. Eli also benefited from a poor defense in 2015 and was the 10th quarterback in terms of scoring. Manning had an uncertain backfield all year, splitting the carries amongst four backs all year. I'm very surprised this team did not go out and get, a, and, get a, and get a running back via either the draft or free agency. This means one of two things. Either the team wants to throw a ton this year, or they truly have faith in guys like Shane Vereen and Rashad Jennings. I, on the other hand, do not have faith in either of those guys, so I can see this team throwing a lot. Victor Cruz is still an incredible talent. Pair that with Odell Beckham and even rookie Sterling Shepard, and I believe that Manning's current draft value of the 10th round is great value, especially if you can't get one of the other top 10 quarterbacks. Number 11, Derek Carr. Carr came in at quarterback number 13 for last year in terms of scoring. He had a career year from Michael Crabtree, and the Raiders' first overall pick last year, Amari Cooper, stepped up big for the most part. I think Crabtree can continue the success he saw last year while I look for Cooper to only get better. David Carr saw the most drops from his receivers than any quarterback in the league. His receivers had 44 drops last year, which tied the Patriots for the most drops. I like Latavius Murray, and it seems as if I like him a lot more than the Raiders do. I think he could help get Carr going this year. Carr also benefited from a poor defense last year, and with them taking Carl Joseph, the safety out of West Virginia University, I see this defense getting better this year. Currently, Derek Carr is going between the 10th and 12th rounds in mock drafts, and for me, that's a bit of a reach. So in this instance, I would rather wait for Eli Manning than take Derek Carr. Number 10, Carson Palmer. Palmer came in 
as the number five quarterback last year in overall scoring. Throughout his career, when Palmer has been healthy, he has played great. Whether it was Cincy or Arizona, he has had success when healthy. We'll just throw Oakland out. Arizona has pretty much the same offense as last year, getting their receivers and running backs back, and will only get better with guys like David Johnson and John Smokey Brown having another year under their belt. Personally, I am not a fan, especially when you have him going in the seventh round on average. Speaking of Carson Palmer, I do not see that as value and feel you could get a guy like Rivers a few years late, a few rounds later. I will be staying away from a guy like Carson Palmer in this year's draft. Number nine, Philip Rivers. Rivers finishes the number 11 quarterback, so ranking him here at nine still seems a little low. Rivers managed to come in at number 11 even with a poor offensive line, a poor running game, and injuries galore. Keenan Allen, his number one receiver, went out after only playing in eight games and still managed to outscore any other receivers on this offense, including tight end Antonio Gates. Gates only played in 11 games and came in second on the Chargers for, from the pass-catching group. The Chargers went out in the offseason and got a speedy wide receiver in Travis Benjamin, who actually outscored Allen last year and drafted another tight end in Hunter Henry. They drafted a center in the third round and signed a tackle in the offseason. Rivers could easily move up with good news from Melvin, Gore Melvin Gordon injury as well. This is a guy that I will try and target later in the draft. Number eight, Tom Brady. Brady finished the year as the number two overall quarterback. Just in case you've been living under a rock and have not had cell phone service, Brady has been suspended for the first four games. His top wide receivers in Edelman and Amendola are hurt, as well as Deion Lewis still hasn't been cleared to play. Brady is a guy that could only fall as we get closer to the season and hear more about the guys we just mentioned above. Brady is also a guy who suffered last year from drops. 44 drops the Patriots had last year, which tied the aforementioned Derek Carr and the Raiders. Number seven. Number seven is Drew Brees. Brees was the number six quarterback last year and did more for a guy like Ben Watson than Ben Watson really did for Brees. With the addition of Michael Thomas, who is my number one rookie wide receiver this year, and Kobe Fleener at tight end, this will be, in my eyes, an interesting year for Drew Brees. Number six, Kirk Cousins. Cousins finished the year at quarterback number eight with guys like Deshaun Jackson only appearing in nine games. Jackson and Garcon both had off years, both scoring less points than Dustin Hopkins, the Redskins kicker. I like Matt Jones a lot, but we will focus on him more in the running back podcast. I think with the addition of rookie Josh Dotson, who is my number one rookie wide receiver coming into this draft, I think that opens up the field and loosens up the coverage for everybody. Not to mention a guy like Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed had four games all year where he, where he scored more than 18 points. Three of those four games came in weeks 14 through 16. Reed really kicked it on late in the year, and I expect that to continue this year. Lastly, some of Cousins' fantasy production came from the Redskins' defense, or lack thereof. And with the addition of Josh Norman, some think Cousins will fall off. I disagree with that theory. Norman was great last year, but a lot of it was because of Carolina's great front seven. 
The Redskins do not have the same front seven that Carolina had. Number five, Ben Roethlisberger. Just stay healthy, please. Obviously, this team will be without Martavis Bryant, but that opens up a spot for second-year man Sammy Coates. If you watch the divisional playoff game between the Steelers and the Broncos, you understand my excitement around Sammy Coates, and his stat line of two catches for 61 yards doesn't quite do it justice. The Steelers' pass catchers look like this. Antonio Brown, who is a potential number one overall fantasy pick. Marcus Wheaton. Marcus Wheaton had over 200 yards receiving against the Seattle Seahawks last year. The aforementioned Sammy Coates. Recently signed tight end Ladarius Green. Running backs Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams. To me, this is still a great offense, and as long as Ben plays, he will be successful this year. Number four, Russell Wilson. Wilson was the number three overall quarterback last year and was really carried by the second half of his season last year, really starting in week 11. He averaged 26 and a half fantasy points per game in those seven games, whereas he only averaged 15 fantasy points per game in the first nine games. It seemed as if he became more comfortable with his bad offensive line and Thomas Rawls helped a bit as well. I don't think that I will ever move Wilson up this board, but could see him moving down. I'm interested to see what happens with the rookie picks this team took this year. They went out and they drafted three O-linemen and two running backs in this year's draft. This is another guy to watch, or really another offensive line and running back group to watch come training camp and preseason. Number three, Andrew Luck. As I mentioned in the last podcast, Luck finished last year only appearing in seven games. In those seven games, he averaged 18 fantasy points per game, which throughout a year would put him at quarterback number seven. My biggest reason to throwing Luck up this high is because I feel that he was hurt all year last year. This isn't something that I know for a fact or anything that I have seen, but I just feel like he has too much talent and proven his talent to rank him any lower. It seems as if Luck is going in rounds four or five this year, which seems to be good value as of right now. I would not have a problem with taking him there and would prefer Luck in the fifth than either of my top two guys in the first two or three rounds. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers finished the number seven quarterback in fantasy last year with 286 fantasy points, which is just below 18 fantasy points per game. He did all of this without his number one receiver in Jordy Nelson, who's expected to be back this year fully by the start of training camp. There was a lot to worry about when, with this offense all year last year. Randall Cobb was, number, was a top 20 pick last year overall and was in the top 10 of wide receivers going into the draft and ended up finishing the year as wide receiver number 30. He finished as, as the number two Green Bay wide receiver, only 13 points behind James Jones. Maybe he should have wore a hoodie all year. Eddie Lacy, who was arguably a top five pick last year, finished behind James Starks by one point. Yes, James Starks finished the season with more points than Eddie Lacy. Lacy's biggest concern was obviously his weight last year, but with him unable to get going and defenses weren't concerned about stacking eight in the box. Therefore, defenses could drop backs and bring in 
could drop back and bring in extra defensive backs onto the field to cover the wide receivers. If you look at Aaron Rodgers' stats from last year, his most productive three weeks were in the first three weeks of the year where he averaged over 25 fantasy points per game. Even with playing defenses like Seattle and Kansas City, he still put up some of the biggest games of his year. My point is that the defenses were concerned My point is that the defenses were concerned with Lacey's ability within the first few weeks of the year and then dropped after realizing he wasn't going to be productive. The Packers are obviously somewhat sold on Lacey's comeback potential as they weren't too concerned about re-signing James Starks right away. With Jordy back, it will open up more lanes for the running game, forcing more defenses to put eight-plus in the box, therefore forcing more one-on-ones in the secondary. I'm not only way up on Rodgers this year, I'm way up on the entire Packers offense, including Jordy, Randall Cobb, and Eddie Lacy. My number one overall quarterback in this year, as of right now, is Cam Newton. How can he not be your number one quarterback this year? He was ranked number one in overall scoring with 373 fantasy points. That works out to be right over 23 fantasy points per game. The next guy would have been Tom Brady with 335 fantasy points, 21 fantasy points per game. So we're looking at a guy in Cam Newton who put up over 23 fantasy points per game and a guy in Tom Brady who had under 21 fantasy points. So we're talking about a gap of over two fantasy points per game between Cam Newton and last year's number two quarterback in Tom Brady. Cam did this all without his number one receiver in Calvin Benjamin. I think right there that's enough said. You lose your number one receiver, and yet you still come in as the number one quarterback in scoring. You come in as the number one overall fantasy player in scoring. To me, that is flat-out talent. Cam Newton is the Panthers' best goal lineback. With Jonathan Stewart's injury history last year, I think that Cam Newton only becomes better. I think that moving a guy like Teddy Ginn and his speed to the number two receiver spot, I am excited to watch Cam Newton play this year. Unfortunately, I will not be taking a quarterback in the top three rounds this year. That does it for our podcast today. Please listen on either SoundCloud or go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Fantasy Food Truck. I apologize now if the Twitter turns into a little bit of a, a Cavs Twitter feed while they play as, as I am from the area and desperately need and want the Cavs to win a championship for the city. If you guys want to leave us some feedback, that is always welcome as well. And I actually encourage you guys to, to give us some constructive criticism on, on how we can better not only the podcast, but obviously the Twitter feed. Next week, I will look forward to ranking the running backs for this year. Until then, we're out.